You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanaya and Priya. Welcome to episode 43 of the Girls on the Grid podcast. Have a little bit of a different episode for you guys today because right now, myself and my guest are sitting in a very, very cute podcast studio in New York City. Now, it's a bit different from where we normally do our podcasts in Melbourne, but it was a good opportunity to catch up with the one and only Amber O'Keefe. Amber, welcome to the Girls in the Grid podcast. Thank you very much. Very excited mm. to be talking to you. She has sledged me the entire time about that it was too cold, that she's just doing this to just help me out. And, you know, like she's really not that excited to be here. Except it is cold. It's negative five degrees. It's cold. It's ridiculously cold. <laughs> like who would have thought New York in February would be cold? <laughs> everyone is that everyone? The but uh, as we've touched on in previous podcast episodes I'm on a, a little bit of a holiday I've uh, been in the US for the last two and a bit weeks and yeah there was just a really cool opportunity Amber had just flown into New York after the Daytona 24-hour race that was last weekend I think uh, she just flown in and we caught up for dinner and then yeah I found a podcast studio and here we are. Even though I said I was not doing any episodes while I was away, I was not going to do any work. I just, I'm not capable. I'm incapable of stepping away. I was going to say, are the listeners aware of how much of a workaholic you are? Um, I'd assume so. After 42 episodes, they've probably <laughs> got a very good idea. Actually, after 42 episodes of me whinging, constantly about how busy and run down and tired and all that stuff I am from all of the work I think they've got a good idea of the workaholicness but you're the exact same yeah, you're you, you've got to be in this industry you have to be we were at dinner last night at one of the like nicest restaurants in New York and Amber's like hang on just dealing with the media crisis <laughs> give me a moment <laughs> race car drivers what can I say all right so Amber for those who don't know you haven't heard of you don't really know what you do give us a bit of a brief rundown about your current situation so currently for me, I'm a social media manager and communication specialist um, working with prototypes in the European Le Mans series, World Endurance Championship and the IMSA WeatherTech Championship based in the US. And I work both with drivers and teams, managing their socials and their media requirements, which has been a whirlwind the past <laughs> two years. Um and then I always, I always joke to people, which version do you want? Do you want the PR version? Do you want the I date a race car driver version? We'll get to that. Yeah. Or I'm Dylan O'Keefe's cousin version. Oh. Which, which version <laughs> do you want? So I, um, yeah, so then I do that. That's my been my life for the past two years, working, doing events like 24 Hours of Le Mans, we just won the 24 hours of Daytona, which was uncomprehendable still because we two cars, yeah, two different classes, and we won both, which is unheard of. Yeah. Um, won Le Mans last year, was second in the world championship. It's just it's a whole new world for me, and I'm taking it day by day, I guess, being in Europe. All right, so let's wind it back to the version that most of our Australian-based listeners will probably most like tweak onto and that is that you're Dylan O'Keefe's cousin. Now Dylan is a bit of a name you know been around for a long time in Australian racing and that's you know where a lot of our listeners come from. So talk about you know being an O'Keefe growing up 
oh. racetracks, what was the vibe, you know? When did you go to your first racetrack? When Ooh. did you fall in love with it? When did you know that you wanted to work in this sport in some capacity? So my dad and my uncles raced super sedans when I was a little kid um, until they started battling too much and my <laughs> nan went, nope, that's it, no more racing. But, um, yeah, we used to – we just grew up around that and then eventually – Dylan obviously did karting and got into it. We used to go to his kart races. We're a very close family. Like, I think that's the one thing I can say. I miss him, my entire family, more than anything. But, yeah, then he went and did Porsche, did incredibly well in Porsche, did the odd few things in Europe. He's very, very talented. But, yeah, I I think it was Melbourne Grand Prix 2016, 2017, where I was like, I really love being around this. And for me, it was my quality time with my dad. Definitely. And that was my big thing. It was like we would travel, we went to New Zealand together. We went all over the world, really, just mm. following race cars. And so any time with my dad, I loved. And that really made me get into it and love it and love it more. And then I guess eventually COVID happened and I was just starting to get to that point where I was working in it. And... Yeah, the opportunity came to go to Europe and start working over there and just all kind of fell into place. You knew the right people and it was the best way I could possibly do it. Did you and your dad have like those cliche moments of sitting and watching Bathurst on the couch? Because that's like, oh, yeah. I remember that. Like when Bathurst Day come up, it was like, because we used to race bikes and stuff, so we were away a lot. But when Bathurst Day come up, no matter what was on, it was, it was Sunday, Day. you know, yeah. Sunday on the couch, regardless. We used to sit up like Ford Benners and get the hats <laughs> and the merch. And you, the rest of my family weren't really into it. Like, my, I've got <coughs> two older siblings that just wasn't their thing. But the F1, Dad and mm. I would like stay up till, even if I had school the next morning, would stay up till 2 or 3 a.m. and watch the F1. Mm. And I. I love it now. And I remember the one thing we always promised each other, we'd do the Singapore Grand Prix together, the night race, and we'd do the Monaco Grand Prix. And we did Singapore together, and then I went and did Monaco on a super yacht without him, and he still has not forgiven me for it. Ouch. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's hard. That's yeah. hard to handle. <laughs> but, I, I, look, I invited him. wasn't my fault Australia had closed their borders. That is true. That so. is true. One thing that I do want to touch on, like, minor detail like you're only 18 yeah like we went out to dinner last night and you couldn't even drink legally in the u.s i don't drink anyway but yeah i've heard different stories about you drinking but oh i don't get me wrong (laughs) (laughs) there have been nights in europe but i i'm not a big drinker but that's the thing though like even if you wanted to just you know we're just here in new york city go out on a bit of a booze town well i do i do joke that motorsport has aged me like the wrinkles are the wrinkles are there you're and the very, hairs. You're very mature because that's the motorsport effect. Like, you've got yeah. to grow up very, very fast. And I would not, if I didn't know that you were 18. 18 you wouldn't, no. I'd say, you're, you know, 23, 24. That's the thing. I have, I have clients that I'm working with that would not. Mm. It, like, they find out and they're a little bit shocked. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you do your job right. No, exactly. And, and you've got five years of experience. One of the best things I can possibly say to people is who's going to do social media better, the 18-year-old that grew up around it or the 35-year-old that still doesn't know how, what analytics are? Yeah. Like, who's got no idea? Good luck having a crack, but, like, I'm 24 
and I don't even like I can't even keep up with the trends because I'm just no. not interested in it anymore. No. Like the so. the viral stuff is 15, 12 to eighteen year olds on TikTok. That's how stuff yeah, blows up. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, so for me, I think having someone that grow has grown up around that yeah. is going to know it better than any anyone else. You cannot learn social media sitting no. in a classroom. No, God no. So and perks of being. I, look, I left Australia very young to go over to Europe, so I've definitely learnt a lot along the way and I've still got plenty to go. But learning, I think for me, learning more the PR side of it was a very big thing for me. Like, you know, learning how to do media briefings, learning how to take drivers to press conferences, set up interviews, sit in on interviews, all those things. That Learning just how to control tear-ups that will inevitably happen because yeah. race car drivers. Yeah, because race car drivers. I think that, <laughs> needs to, that needs to be the next sticker. I need, I need you to make a sticker. Because race car drivers. Yeah, just in quotations, because race car drivers. Because I say that a lot. Yeah. Like people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, just race car drivers. Just because, like, I've got no other explanation other than... No, they're just race car drivers. <coughs> oh, some of the stories that have come out of Europe, like being around, you know, F1, ex-F1 drivers, mm. legacies, oh, legacies are the worst of them. We've got to talk about one thing that sort of blew my mind a little bit. It's the story about how your mum met Patrick Dempsey. Oh, Patrick Dempsey. I'm a... Hang on, just preface. I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan. I'm a big Mr. Black. I'm a big McDreamy fan. So, like, the fact that the team, one of the teams well, you work for is so Dempsey Proton. Yeah. So, we, we, I just need the story. Won, we just won Daytona with Proton Racing. And Proton every year race at Le Mans as well. They do the World Endurance Championship. And Patrick Dempsey is an investor in that team. And he was at Le Mans and I was dying to meet him. Because well, why engineers. not? Really? Because yeah, why on, not? It's, it's a beautiful day to save lives. Like, <laughs> oh, my heart. But I got one of the engineers to introduce me and I got a photo with him. And this is something that I don't think that could happen anywhere else in the world. But I was riding a bike. So Le Mans is a very, it's a 16 kilometre circuit. And the paddock is very large. Nothing like in Australia. And I was riding my bike from our pit box to our hospitality. And I've got my mum, you know, I'm riding along talking to my mum, like, mum, it's 4am, like, I want to go to bed. Like, can the car crash out? I'm tired. <laughs> um, and Patrick Dempsey is just walking. And I'm riding along and I was like, oh, hi, Patrick. And I was like, mum, say good morning to Patrick Dempsey. And Patrick Dempsey's looked at the phone and he's gone, good morning, mum. <laughs> and I, my mum was mortified. Because it was like, what? Like time 6 a.m. In, in Melbourne. Lying yeah. in bed. She was not impressed. <laughs> but at the think at the same time she was because I grew up so in love with Patrick Dempsey. It how was could like, you not be? Like from Enchanted. First, like Enchanted. Yeah. Um, like how can you not fall in love with him in Enchanted? Well, like I said. To that was my childhood. That come out in like 07, 08? Yeah, I was little. But yeah, I, wa well, I watched it in the cinemas. I watched Enchanted in the cinemas. This was before I was old enough to watch Grey's Anatomy because... Like, you got to have some serious wits about you to get through that show. I gave up after he died. Oh, spoiler alert. <gasps> <laughs> no, you did not. You can tell this is, like, not my area of expertise here. You did not. I apologise to anyone who is, like, at season eight or nine or something and thinks that everything is just sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's really not. 
prepare yourself with Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> I've actually had a moment where I watched Bridget Jones' baby, the yeah. one that he's in, just eating like a tub of like ben and, ben and Jerry's in like my bed, and I was like, "This is life. This is this, this, this is, is all the girl needs to cry over Patrick Dempsey." Well, I did tell Patrick that I wasn't single, but if he ever wanted to leave his wife, I could become available. One hundred percent. I don't think there's any female human on the planet that would be opposed to that idea. All right, Lara, let's move on to the second of your points that you said. You know, you got your three little stories that you tell. You're also dating a race car driver. A very talented race car a driver. A very talented race car driver who's been in the headlines lately uh, for a very, very I mean, cool finish to a very, very long race. He's got a decent PR manager. I think he might stay there. I So I date James Allen. He's... At the time, I was in Australia in lockdown with COVID and he started messaging me and I kind of went, oh, race car drivers. Because race car drivers, <laughs> yeah. And then eventually realised maybe he wasn't your stereotypical race car driver because there is, like, a couple out there. But they're few and far between. There's, there's, I think there's one on each continent. That's my theory. <laughs> <laughs> but So you've taken Australia's, is that? I've taken Australia's. Bugger. <laughs> nah, he's beautiful. Um, but, yeah, completely fell in love with how kind and loving and I think driven is a good word for him. He's just... I've never met someone that would do ev- so much possible to reach their goals but would put all of that aside to help me reach mine. Yeah. And I think that was a big thing for me because anyone else would... Dating in this world is impossible to say the least to begin with and then i do want to touch on that because we speak we're speaking about it last night we went through a carriage carriage ride ride. uh through central park and we were talking about it was very romantic it was very romantic me and my mum amber and james (laughs) it was so romantic um and we were speaking about like you know dating and relationships in the sport but continue like so yeah yeah. so i met him and he was in europe which was perfect for me and what I was hoping to do. But he's been in Europe for a long yeah, time now. Yeah, he left at 15. That's, a, that's young. He's 26 now. So that's young. Yeah, he's been gone for 10 years, accomplished a lot, had some... I will say, that is the one thing I will say, we've had some very hard moments. Um, I don't think he'll mind me saying that. It's a very... It's very hard to be so far away from the people you love. Like when, so, like I said to him, you know, when something goes wrong and we're fighting, who do I call? Because yeah. it's 3 a.m. in Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he is very talented. And finally getting to where he wants to go, he's just won the 24 Hours of Daytona. With the, I, that incredible pass. Like it was the closest yeah, finishing margin closest, or something. Closest finishing margin in Daytona ever. He went from third to first on the final lap, final yeah. corner. Final lap final lap it was it was cool it was incredible Um, it went viral it's gone viral on socials yeah because of how good it was likes in like 48 hours yeah Uh, that's like i even that's how long it's been a week later now it's yeah i i stopped watching (laughs) (laughs) but it was an incredible pass and what i will say about james is he's followed the sports car route so he's kind of flown under the radar in australia because we don't really know we don't follow sports cars in Australia. No, we it's don't, not something that... We don't that follow sports cars in Australia to begin with, for one. And then, two, there are s- with sports cars, you've got so many classes, so many drivers, mm. and so many big names. 
like whether that be Fernando Alonso, you know, raced at one point, Jensen Button's doing Le Mans, all these things, Louis Delatraz, Rene Rass, these yeah. world-famous race car drivers. And for James, coming from Australia, not having a big following, not doing Formula 2, yeah, it was... Not even following the path that we see all these young kids follow now, which yeah. is win something in Australia and then, and then, and then go do Formula Regional and yeah. then, you know, F3. So he did, he did Formula Renault, which doesn't technically exist anymore. Yeah. Um, and then my favourite story about James, actually, really quickly... His grandparents were massive financial supporters to his racing. Which you need. Every driver needs something. Everyone in the world does. But I'm really heartbreaking that his grandfather passed two years ago. But from the time he was like four years old, he told his nan and his granddad that he was going to win Le Mans one day. That's so cool. Fast forward to last year, his granddad obviously no longer with us. He won Le Mans on his grandfather's birthday. Oh, no way. And so that to us was just so – you couldn't write that. Yeah, there's some so, kind of spiritual yeah. intervention somehow. I there. don't know what happened there, but that that was the thing. He never wanted to do Formula One, was never of interest to him. A lot of drivers now you'll find go to do Formula One, realise they're either not good enough or don't have enough money, so they end up in sports cars. Mm where that just wasn't James's goal. He was adamant of what he wanted to do and now he's finally heading in that direction. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And, yeah, well, I, like I met James for the first time yesterday and he's very, very shy is maybe the word, reserved. Reserve, yeah, I think reserve's a good word. Reserved. Takes a, I always yeah. joke that he needs to come out of his turtle shell. But even at the end of the night, like at dinner, like... No, he just sits there. No, but he was, yeah, he, he had come out of his shell a little bit. Yeah. But... I think, uh, you know, leaving at 15 and being in Europe for 10 years by yourself, it, it would be it would be a whole lot to handle. Yeah, I think that mixed with the fact, even for me now, having friends, I think that's something you could never s- explain to anyone is that you don't have those, like, girlfriends anymore. Mm. My friends I see at races. Yeah. Um, like, one of my best friends, he's doing like formula e at the moment and for him for me to go and see him i have to go to brazil yeah so that's the only like non-calendar clash we have is the formula e race in brazil so i don't think you can quite explain to someone that you are very alone when you're not racing 100 percent. and that probably links in well to the relationship thing that we were talking about last night in the fact that it's it's tricky unless someone's in the sport and riding the wave with you to have, you know, someone that might work. This is something we've never spoken about before, but I think it's a good, yeah, I think it's a good thing to I think it's definitely something to highlight because, and, and I've always said to a lot of like one of the PR manager for WEC or social media girl, she wants a boyfriend full stop. (laughs) Just a boyfriend in general. Um, she's the most beautiful girl. I mean, they're great. Boyfriends are great. Yeah. So <laughs> look, they're the best. <laughs> I mean, mine did sit in Prada for an hour yesterday. He did, so, but so did know. I. So, well, you love me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny. Okay, sorry. Quick interception about the Prada story. Me, my mum, James, and Amber went into Prada to just 
I don't know what we're doing, some kind of shopping. But like, you know how they put the seats in the shops for the boyfriends and the husbands and stuff to sit on? Just to like... They're all very comfortable. Just to make... Because they like you can tell they just don't want to be there. Hmm. It was me and James sitting on the seats while my mum and Amber went shopping. I was the I was the second boyfriend in the relationship. That's fine. But that's the role I've always played. It's that's fine. fine. It's totally fine. But yeah, I think I do really think you could never <laughs> prepare someone for what dating in this industry. The reality of the it. The reality of it. But also, I've always said to her, you're doomed if you do and you're doomed if you don't. 100%. Because you date more than one race car driver. <laughs> oh, God. you got a problem. you got a reputation. Yeah. But that itself needs to be squashed because that's ridiculous. No, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Because race car drivers. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah, because... Exactly, because race <laughs> car drivers. I don't need to make this sticker. <laughs> <laughs> I better get one. If I don't get one, shit I'll to make me. one for you. But it's uh, it's awful. Some of the girls now i can think of one girl in particular she doesn't have a one of the best pr managers i've seen doesn't really have a career now because she went near a race car driver Mm. who happened to be on the team she was working for interesting hey so i think that's i don't think that's ever okay because how do you how do you date then i spend two months of the year actually in my own apartment mm. that's it yeah that's not a relationship no god no so unless you're but imagine if james was just had a job down at the you know local you whatever store like you just would not be together no it's, you wouldn't do it yeah james and i i will forever say are so lucky that we are able to do what we do you know traveling together staying together and I, I, I love it because I can be working, but I can also be there for him. For, for him, and that, you know, <coughs> I think the best, the best way you could sum up any life in motorsport are the highs are very high and the lows Ooh, yeah. are very, very low. Definitely. So, you know, I look back at Le Mans twenty twenty one, and he was bawling his eyes out ten minutes before the race finished. I look at Le Mans twenty twenty two, and we won. Mm. So there's no there's no way you can go through that alone. No. And even even for me, it you just can't. Yeah. You can become only, so attached. I well yeah, I can only FaceTime my dad so many times before yeah. he's ready to kill me. Exactly. Especially at 3am in the morning. <laughs> I've interrupted a few business lunches, that's for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, so I don't know it from like, you know, dating someone who races, but even just working in the team environment, like you yeah. become a family. Oh, 100%. It, you're literally, it's the traveling circus and you are a family of people. Yeah. Even, I think the two best examples for me, our team managers, Portuguese team, British team managers, husband and wife, they own the team together. And I have had my fights with them. I've had my love with them. They are. Yeah. But they raced, ironically, the car that James overtook at Daytona was their car. Right. We were on a different team. And yet the moment James won Daytona, Stu came in running into the pit box crying to lift me up and hug me because he was so happy for James. That's so cool. You know, we go out for dinner with them and he tells everyone I'm his daughter. It's... There's definitely 
a family there that yep. I couldn't couldn't do this without. Yeah, 100%. And the third element of what your story is your career. Yeah, my career, which is just getting started, I hope. It's because you're 18, bro. Chill. Yeah. It'll, it'll happen. I hope. <laughs> um, my career, I, I love. I, you know, I did joke to you that every photo I have is me looking at my phone. Which is true. Which is quite literally my job. <laughs> um, it's like, like I said to you, I said to, I said to one of the drivers, are you seriously calling driving around in circles work? And he said, are you seriously calling posty about it work? He's got you there. It's really, um, he really got you there. I mean, we both make decent money doing it. But he got you. I'm, I'm saying that his burn. <laughs> Sheldon, Sheldon Vanderlinda. His burn was very successful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, someone get the aloe vera gel because you just got burnt. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. you got to pinch yourself sometimes. Yeah, I think you're very quick to forget what is actually going on. Mm. And I can get very caught up in playing girlfriend and playing PR manager and it, it, you can get very caught up in it. And I think sometimes I forget to take a step back and go, hold on, look at what I'm actually doing. Yeah. Um, and I, I always think my dad is the first person to say like... Pull you back in. Yeah, well, you should be so incredibly proud. Yeah, of my where parents you do are. that for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, I obviously always want more. Like, we, we came second in the world championship. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I grew up watching Dance Moms. So, <laughs> second is the first to lose. Damn right. So, I was heartbroken. You know, we were second. But now I'm sitting here going, we were second, but the team who beat us had a budget. Three yeah. times ours and had yeah. two Ferrari factory drivers. Yeah. Like, we should be so proud that we we beat them at Le Mans. We beat them in Monza. We led the world championship for most of the season. However, I didn't see it that way. I chose to cry. But, <laughs> <laughs> but reflecting on <laughs> it. Reflecting yeah. on it. I should have been proud. And I am proud now. Yeah. You just get caught up in it, though. It's your life now. 100%. And I think that's that's the big thing at the end of the day. Mm. It's it's my life now. Mm. We win, we lose, particularly now dating James. If he's not putting in the results, the funding's not there. The drives aren't there. Yeah. So you're pushing all the time to do better. Um, and I'm pushing him, but I'm also trying to push myself because I can't follow him all around the world no. and sustain that. If I'm not working... Um, and vice versa, he can't, if he needs to go home, Jesus, I sound like a girl who's like sending, spending her life around her partner, but I kind of am, you know, we've been together almost three years. So it, it what, what are you going to say? It just, you, you have to think about those things. 100%. Thing. Yeah. Where like, I think first coming over, I was like. We'd have one fight and I'd be like, that's it. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> Had enough. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Ship me my stuff. Mate, fights in my relationship are just part of the day. You just wake up, schedule in a fight at 11, schedule one in at, at 7 p.m. and then get on with your day. But the funny thing is... What we don't call them fights anymore. We call them disagreements. <laughs> they happen that often. They happen that often. They're not fights. They're just disagreements. But for me, like... 
the only thing I hate, James and I are very good at not fighting. You have disagreements. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't fight about James and I. We fight about everything else. Right. We fight about family. We fight about racing. <laughs> oh, boy, do we fight about racing. <laughs> but we don't fight. Like, he didn't do the dishes. That's fine. I can do them. Yeah. He didn't take the rubbish out. That's okay. He'll get to it. Yeah. You know? It's probably a good like, thing your, your relationship is so complex that you actually don't have any time to worry about yourself. No. And in it, you just worry about all the other elements. Yeah, I'm like, but, oh, boy, you did the stick up for me at this time <laughs> with your family. Oh, World War Three. Oh, of course. Let's talk about the, the reality of travelling literally across the globe to chase this race car dream. What does that look like from... You know, peel back the curtain and let us know what that really looks like. Uh, when I first left, that was hard. I... Oh, this is going to get really sad. Oh, no. No <laughs> tears, no tears. We have had no one cry on the pod yet. <laughs> no, 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 definitely no tears. I um, When I left, it was during COVID. So, honestly, it didn't feel like as big of a thing. Cause did you I have wasn't... to quarantine when you went over? Yeah, I did for seven days. wasn't oh, the end of the world. Okay. Um, Seven days inside, online shopping, yes. Um, I was a bit frustrated because I'd just gotten to a new country. I was like, oh, my God, France, yeah. I want to explore. Um, but for me, it was really expensive. That was something I was really lucky that my dad, I think my dad would do anything for any of his children. Um, and he knew that was something I really wanted to do, so he supported that. Um but I think it took a good month before I realised I was actually gone. Um, I'd done trips overseas and things before, but I think it took a good month to go, hold on, like, I'm ready to go home. Mm. And then I think, too, that was when the season was starting for James. And it was, like, one thing after another after another... It was just, so that was really hit and miss. I, you know, I remember calling dad and going like, I want to come home and dad going, have you seen the cost of a flight home? Yeah. And I was like. She's trying to get back into Australia at that time was. Well, yeah, like that was the other thing. You didn't really have a choice. Yeah, there wasn't. not really come home. I can, I can put it this way. A flight home was about 15,000 AUD one way. Yeah. So, what was your flight over? Normal prices? Because Europe no, was fine. No, that was the thing. The hard, the hard part was getting out. Right. Coming back because I was, I still wasn't eighteen. Coming back would have, wouldn't have been a problem because mm. what are they going to what not let a not let a seven sixteen seventeen year old yeah. into the country? Yeah, exactly. Talking about PR nightmares, <laughs> yeah. like. Um, <laughs> 16 year old trapped out of home country. <laughs> um, but for me, the flight out, we went to the airport and we went to board the plane, James and I together, and his dad dropped us at the airport. And they wouldn't let me on the plane. Underage? No, mm. I didn't have. France had closed their borders at 12 at midnight that night. Our flight landed at 12 20 a.m. Oh. So they wouldn't let me 
go because France's borders were technically closed and James had residency. So they'd let him on the plane, but they wouldn't let me. Right. And we, was, we were going to land in Paris on Valentine's Day. It was going to be all very cute. Yeah. Um, and I think I panicked very quickly because I was like, just I just left school, gone to leave, and then they were like, no, you can't go. And I, I freaked out like, crap, can I get another flight? Can I, can I do this? Can I do that? We worked out that I could fly to Cyprus, to here, to there, to the Netherlands, then into France. Because once you're in the Netherlands, you're in the EU. Yeah. Um, so it was just, uh, I was really lucky James's mum came over with us um, and she flew from Perth. So I had a bit of support, but that was hard. And then it, it, it got easier. As time went on, it definitely got easier. But there are definitely moments where I just could easily pack up and go home. And how did you settle into that lifestyle? I mean, I, I, think, I, I think I did it well, in my humble opinion. <laughs> um, I think... The thing I wasn't quite ready for was you could not compare motorsport in Australia to motorsport over there. You know, I miss, like, my jeans and <laughs> my little, like, supercars, polo, you know, Scott McLaughlin signed the back of it. Like, yeah. um, where you get to Europe and they're wearing stilettos at the track and you're like, how are yeah. you doing that for... Do you not feel your feet? Yeah, it's, I was gonna say, um, but hey, like they're all they're all doled up head to toe. That's what Europe is. That well, that is that is a very European culture. But I think, I think of you know like hospitality and events at the Formula One Grand Prix. That's there every day. Mm. And to me, that I didn't pack for that. Mm. I remember like I had this blue pair of heels that I really loved. And Jan I said, oh, I won't pack these. I don't need them. And then I got to Europe and I, like, showed up to the track the first day in sneakers and I had, like, a matchy Nike tracksuit set on and I looked around me and there was a team manager's wife in, like, a Dolce & Gabbana coat. She looked like she was about to walk some kind of red carpet. Oh. And I just looked at James. I was like, can we go home so <laughs> I can change <laughs> He was oh, like, no, because no, home's like eight hours away. And yeah. I was like, please. <laughs> so I think there was that aspect. There's obviously so many. The first year we were with a French team. And I just don't like the French. Just full stop. You live in France. I live in France. <laughs> but the French, particularly if you do not speak French, right. do not like you. And so everything with the French is very French, like, I, there's there's literally no way to sugarcoat that. They were very, you know, one person starts, you do debriefs after each session, right? And everyone speaks in English. And then the moment one person says something in French, they're gone. They're all off in French. You can't understand anything because they're all talking so quickly. It's, it was a big cultural change, that's for sure, going from, like, VB and Bundy to <laughs> champagne and stilettos. Yeah. I was like, 
you know, it was weird. Lucky you kind of enjoyed that world. If I was to go over there, yeah. I would just... I think you'd... Yeah. I'd just be a boy. Yeah, it'd be easier. It'd be so much easier to just be a boy over there. But, like, don't get me wrong, there's definitely some... I, I definitely enjoyed all the events that came with racing. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's no way to prepare yourself for such a change every day. Yeah. So definitely definitely some hits and misses there. So what's a normal week look like with a race weekend on? Normal week. So Wednesday, track walk. Um, so what happens me, on Monday, Tuesday? Is that like your weekend, your recovery? Pretty much. Yeah, same as me. Um, so Wednesday, usually we drive around Europe because it's so quick and easy. Um, but Wednesday's track walk, which for me means filming, photographers' meetings, um, media briefings for the drivers. Thursday... Depending on which championship we're running in, Thursday's a test day all day, um, which I love because it's just time to sit on my laptop and work, um, updating websites, updating social media, sending out emails, sending out a pre-event press release, pre-event reports. Um, fast forward to Friday, we get into the real action of it all. I think a big part of what I've tried to do this past year gone was I tried to get a lot of my work done before I got to the track um, because then it gives you a big opportunity to network and get to know people and that, I think, is the biggest thing mm. for me. Not only have I made great friendships, but I've also got great business relationships. For How did you go about building building those? I know you can't talk about a lot of them, which is completely fine, but how did you go to building them? Like, you are only 18. How, do you, how did you approach that I think for me a big part of it was James going into a world where he already knew people so he'd been there for five or six years prior to you yeah. getting there yeah um so he going into that getting to know his friends his friends introducing me to people um I do always joke that I'm just adorable so it's hard not to talk to me of course but that's the thing, you've just got to kind of take that leap to talk to people. And the funny thing is, like, someone I got really close to is Jim Glickenhaus. And... I'm going to pretend I know who that is. Well, he owns a hypercar team. And he's, he's a very American personality, and I adore him. But the funny thing is a lot of people you meet will fall in love with the story of James and I coming to Europe together and me working so young and they love that. So it's really easy to talk to people when you're just talking about your life. Like yeah, you and I could sit here for 10 hours talking about yeah. race cars and racing. Um, and like I said, for James, when he's getting the results, it's really easy to go mm. talk to people and a very easy conversation starters what are your plans for the season yeah of course so that's my usual like when I've run out of things to say like I'm talking about work or something I'll be like so what's on for next year or yeah. what's on for next week <laughs> signed anywhere yet? yeah do you um, want to tell me so I can write a media release about it yeah <laughs> let's let's come on hit me hit me with the good stuff yeah 
so I obviously, when I first came over, really tried to go to a lot of the women's networking and things. But now that I've gotten to know more people, I just, there's no point for me to go anymore. They hold one at Le Mans each year, which we all go to. But other than that, really, I think, and the other thing too, social media. 100%. That's how, well, that's how we met. Literally. We yeah. lived around the corner from each other. Yeah. And we met on socials. I helped you move. She did. When I lived in uh, southeast of Melbourne. We'd never met in person before, but... I'm a nice person. I'm beginning to realise that. I'm actually a decent human being. Do you like me to pat you on the back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we lived around the corner from each other and we didn't realise. Um, and, and yeah, that's literally like we met on socials, but we lived down the street. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And then she helped me move boxes and then whinged about move. the whole time that I had no furniture. You did have no... Do you have furniture now? Oh, I live in a completely different place, but yes. I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like the last four years I've been living with no furniture. Yeah, I could see that. It'd be such a vibe that I'd do, eh? <laughs> You're not home enough to need it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, no, I don't, I, I don't have a bed in Europe. I don't have a bed frame. There's just mattress on the ground. I've got like the base, Yeah. but I, I keep telling myself I'm going to order a bed frame. But every time I go to do it, I'm like, okay, a bed, a bed frame takes 12 weeks to order. That's three months. Where am I going to be in three months? Where am I going to be in three months, for one? And then two, what's the point of spending all that money on a bed frame if I'm not working in Europe next year? That is true, because then you've got to move it. Thing, no, but that's like one thing that hits me all the time is like, I really want a new crockery. But I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's the point if I'm not here in two or three years? That's true. It's true. You just need, a, you need to, like, it's, it's hard to say. You just need a base, though. Well, yeah, so James and I are really lucky. We obviously live together um, <coughs> in the south of France, and we have a beautiful apartment, which I convinced him to renovate in 2021, <laughs> and he was ready to kill me um, because when I wanted to change up the kitchen a little bit, that apparently meant let's rip all the floors out and completely redo the place. Sweet. Um, so 2021 was hard because we were living in hotels yeah. because we had no nowhere to live. Like yeah. our apartment was... Because you wanted to renovate. I wanted to renovate. So that was my fault. That was entirely <laughs> my fault. I really hope he doesn't listen to this. He so will. No, he won't. <laughs> he so will. Um, you, know what I, you know what I will say? My favourite way to annoy him, just go onto Google and type in James Allen and like a video of his voice annoys the crap out of him good to know yeah just start know. playing like there's one from like monza is that why he's not here doing the podcast with us today i think it was just too cold for him oh poor didums we did give him i did offer him the opportunity to be the third male on this podcast i feel like he'd do it like without me probably yeah <laughs> i'll um hook him up for an interview on parked out to talk about daytona daytona was incredible yeah, so tell a story about how you now have a new Rolex. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my new Rolex. So James and I had a deal when we first got together that if he ever won Daytona, so he holds the lap record there. So he's obviously good at that circuit. Yeah. So I said, if you ever win Daytona, I want your Rolex. He doesn't wear watches. You've got to preface yeah. the fact that he doesn't wear watches. I don't care watches. if he does. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it's different. If he was, like, a big watch guy. I still wouldn't care. He I would. Care. I wouldn't. Yeah, he would care. <laughs> That's um, the difference. So he doesn't care because he doesn't wear watches. So I got this. 
yeah, so we made this deal that if he won, I'd get the Rolex. And then we did Daytona last year with a Russian team um, that no longer exist. But car crashed out at 5am, which by that point I was so tired and cold, I didn't care. But this year, not that I thought we'd win it because we had a hell of a week going into it. We had two crashes, the car almost ridden off, a silver who couldn't drive during the night, no night practice at all, um, and a brand new car with a team that had never run a prototype. Sweet. Sounds like it was... It was like a nightmare waiting <laughs> yeah, to happen. Yeah, like a very smooth lead up. Um, anything that went wrong, went wrong. Yeah. And I remember texting one of the team managers at another team and I sent him a photo of the car in pieces and I was like, this could humanly not get any worse. Mm, yeah. And then like the silver two days later completely destroyed the car. And I just sent him a photo of the car in pieces. And I was like, turns out I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Rolex, moral story. We made this deal. I'd get the Rolex. I can tell you the moment he won, all I went was, where's my Rolex? Where's my Rolex? You weren't excited about him winning or anything? No, I could not care less. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, I'm not even wearing it right now, but the... I, I love Daytona watches. They are yeah. I'm 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 not necessarily a watch person, but I love the Daytona. And you cannot buy this one. Like it's engraved. It so says cool. winner. I'm like he he doesn't it's it's also like Maro Engel won in the GT D Pro car. Same team, different car. And he he kind of looked at it and he went this is really girly. This is going to my wife. Because it is. It's a white... It's a gold watch with a It changes a white, every year, doesn't it? Or? They change it every decade or so. So a couple years It does from look now, like a female watch. It does look like a women's watch. Yeah. And James is quite pale, um, mainly from being inside the turtle shell. <laughs> doesn't but, see the sun in a race car. No. Um, so the gold, the yellow gold, yeah. it doesn't... It's just not a look. It could have been, like, the perfect watch for him and you still would have been, like, my Rolex. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> it could have been, like, huge and, like, you know, like, charcoal, silver or something or grey and you would have been, like, mine. mine. My precious. <laughs> that was my Instagram story when we won it. I took a photo of it and I was, like, my precious. <laughs> no, my but it precious. is a feminine-looking watch. It is a so. very – and I, I wear – I've got, like, a – yellow gold jewelry mm. stack so yeah. you had to me. tell a story about the guy on the carriage last night who didn't believe that it was a real rolex it was quite funny because he's <laughs> awful <laughs> he called me a snob no was, it was my prada sweater oh right it was the it prada, was prada sweater, sweater that, he didn't, that like. he didn't like but it was quite funny <laughs> amber's like i'm not like he's dodgy carriage driver through the middle of central park like you know you're not and he was like oh let me look at it like is it like you know, is it legit? And Amber's like, I'm not giving you my Rolex. And he's like, where am I going to go? I'm on a carriage with a horse. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> you could just leg it and leave the horse. The Rolex would be worth more than the horse and the carriage. Could have a gun. 
Let's not open that can of worms. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> like, it's New York. That is true. It is New York. This place this place is wild. I've not ventured down this side where we are until like, today. It's like I the dark like, side? Yeah, this is like, this is super creepy. I need to go back to the Upper East. <laughs> <laughs> you need like a force field that doesn't let you out of the Upper East. <laughs> that is one thing I will say race car drivers are good for. If you are like out with them, and they're like, because most of them are quite tall and built. You just got like this like buffer. <laughs> Wait, tall race car drivers? Yeah. Where do you find those? GTs. Ah, right. GT drivers are open wheel drivers and no race car and not. like smaller, and small, skinny, and tin top drivers, not tall, skinny. Tin top beer kegs on wheels. <laughs> That's how I, someone asked me to explain supercars, and I had Scott McLaughlin next to me. And I was like, how do I explain supercars? I was like, it's a little bit like GTs. And I was like, no, it's beer kegs on wheels. <laughs> they're, made, they're made of the same thing beer kegs are. That is true. Yeah, they're beer kegs on wheels. How do you explain supercars to an American? Like NASCAR? But it's not. You're not going in circles. Like, circuit, like NASCAR circuit racing, but different. <laughs> so it's the same but different. The same, same but different. I'd be like, think of NASCAR and then think of like your like Commodore like road car, your Commodore or your Falcon road car or your Mustang road car and take a NASCAR and then take a road going Mustang GT and go. See, tell me it's not just easier to say beer cake well, on it wheels. Is. Yeah. It's also funnier. It is. It's also like really insulting. <laughs> Very insulting. <laughs> it's not a bad like honestly, what American is gonna find beer kegs insulting? Do you know what like kind of like flipping this back? My mum didn't know what sport car racing was because she just like no idea. We're talking mm. at dinner. And mum's like, what like what do you drive? Is it like a supercar? And James goes, like, it's more like a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> Which it is. It's like my nan, my I love my nan so much. She asked my dad, what's the difference between what James does and what Dylan does? And my dad said, well, three and a half million people watch Daytona. That's that's just the best way you could that's put it. it. That's it. It's a whole different so world. That's where we could leave it. Yeah, it's like Australia and Australia, we have our little bubble. And it's a great bubble. It's a really it's good a bubble to be bubble. in. Fantastic bubble. I'm and not then really in the bubble anymore. No, you're outside of the bubble. I got to pop. The I talk to some people about you, and they're like, "Who?" Yeah, I'm like, I uh, like disappeared. You di- you did. Well, I didn't mean to. <laughs> but it was COVID, so like you well, just I pulled went, yourself out of the bubble. I went to I went to the 2020. <sighs> I went to the state series at Sandown. I remember that. And then that was it. That was she the was last gone. race I went to. Yeah. I was gone. Yeah. And I was like... Sweet. I didn't say goodbye to anyone. No, you didn't I, say goodbye to me. I texted... But that's the thing. I also didn't know how long I was going to be gone. Yeah, true. That was the big thing. It was like, we're all in lockdown anyway. Because mm. I remember everyone being like, no, don't go, you know. Because it was 2021. Come and sit inside with me instead. Well, no, it was 2021. So everyone thought we were going to reopen. Yeah. And then the funny thing is... You didn't. We didn't. And I was like, <laughs> we shut fine. down for longer. Yeah, I'm having fun in Europe. Like, you guys have fun. Yeah. But. Crazy. 
I do miss it. I definitely... But that's the thing, like, yeah, so we have an our Australian bubble and then we have the rest of the world's bubble. I do think there are bubbles, like, within... And I think to make genuine friendships can be really hard. For sure. Like... To make friendships in your hometown where you actually live is almost impossible because you're just never there. I If I have, like, three weeks off, I have this, like... But you just like want to be at quarter home. life crisis where I'm like, why don't I have any friends? Because like I I just am never home. No, I'm I understand that. But then like if you were to come back to Melbourne, you'd be like Well, for me, coming in going to school and going, you know, watching Dylan and all of that. So doing both, I had all my girlfriends. Yeah. And I had a very active social life. And then just going to Europe, I went from one extreme to the other of just, like, yep. nothing and no one. But now, like, the fact that we're travelling so much with the same people, I see them mm. every second week. Like, yep. it's not it's not the end of the world. And, it's like, I, I got to go to Japan with some of my closest <laughs> friends, but we didn't actually go to Japan together. We just were Met all up in there. Japan. Yeah. yeah. My social so life is on the road when the, you yeah, know, well that's it's turning up at a track and being like, hey, here's all my friends, let's go to the pub, or it's turning up at this place or this place or this place. But do you enjoy, like, when you're at home? I usually sleep. I'm usually that. Like, just zoned do out. Do you know what I do it? when I get home is if I'm home for, like, you know, more than three or four days, I just go to the gym and just exercise and like clear my head and feel like a routine and I set a bedtime and I set a wake up time and I exercise and I eat well and it's so good to just fall back. I I will fall back in 12 hours. I will fall back into my routine instantly. See, I, I struggle in that aspect. Like when I'm at home, I'm like can't do it i mm. will go to sleep at like 4 a.m yeah i will because then i'm like i'm at home i'm not working yeah i'm not doing anything like let's stay up and watch netflix I, yeah no i let's I, call dad like, i seriously used to be like that and i was just getting sick because i never gave myself off time but now like i've found that i'm most optimal in my like off time when i'm you know 7 a.m wake up 10 p.m bedtime Gym at midday, playing futsal. Yeah. You know, I don't go I out. I sit you, on the I sit on the couch with my yeah. roommate and watch a movie. Yeah, but or I think play Nintendo Switch. For you, you're usually editing post race. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. for me, I'm prepping pre race. Yeah, it's a different. So thing. it's a very, which like I love. I love getting to just sit on my phone and just be like, this is done. That's done. Yeah, this ticking is off done. the to do list. Like. You know, got Grey's Anatomy going, like, yeah, yeah. yeah cool, done, done, so this good. email sent. Or, like, even, like, visas, something no one thinks about. Visas, flights, Jesus, a car to pick you up from the airport. And get Ubers. Yeah, but, like... We live, we've already discovered since being together <laughs> for the last two days, we live in very, very different worlds. I got, I got an Uber last night. You did. You stole my Uber last night. <laughs> I didn't steal your Uber. You pressed, we were talking. We were like, oh, do you want to just share an Uber? Because there was like one Uber floating on the map. We were like, do you want to just share an Uber? And then it was like, oh, sorry, I've already booked mine. And then I had to wait like 10 minutes to get the you next one. you 10 minutes? <laughs> I didn't mean to. It was funny. What I do want to talk to you about is like you're on kind of a break. It was Daytona last weekend. You're on a little bit of a break now here in New York. but Six days. Bathurst 12 hour is on this weekend. 
right now, as of time of recording, it is 4 a.m. In, in Melbourne. Melbourne. 4 a.m. in Melbourne. Cars will hit the track in about five hours. And like, you got to be on for that. Like, yeah, you've I'm got some of your European drivers. Some of my European drivers are there. Racing so over there. I <clears throat> am in kind of like two worlds with that. One where I've got a very nice girlfriend there who's helping me out. Um, and she's doing some she's just gone freelance herself and she is just sending me timing screens and all those things trying to keep up to date time zone wise there's only it's quite a good time zone it's quite a good time zone for one but two the big thing is looking at it from a social media point of view it's not the optimal time to post it yeah. 2 a.m. in Europe. Yeah, exactly. So I'm lucky with Australia where they're all doing that, but it still needs to be posted on this time zone. Yeah. So I'm not too far off my sleep schedule. Like I was up around 4 a.m. this morning just checking in on people. Um, obviously, my cousin Dylan's racing. Yeah. Um, and I did send some of my drivers to give him a big hug. So I think <laughs> he's going to get a little bit creeped out. <laughs> By all these Europeans coming these, over like, and hugging you. Factory drivers just. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I didn't get to see him. I spent four days in Australia last year and I didn't get to see him. Yeah. So that was a bit of a shame. So I was like, just go give Dylan a hug for me. Do you know how bizarre it is for me? Like when I booked this holiday, I'm learning, uh, I learned pretty early on that if you don't book it in quite a long time in advance, you'll just never do it. I did not holiday like a significant holiday, no. you know, international holiday for maybe seven years. I just didn't go because there was always something on. Now off season Unless you don't want to be with your family for Christmas, we don't have an off season. You know, yeah. like for me to go for a month holiday, for me to find a Is month a clear. Thing. I was shocked that you actually said you were here for so long. I c- cannot find a month anywhere. No. And the the downfall of this period of time is the fact that it was 12 hour. And I knew it was 12 hour when I booked the holiday. And I just had to say no to work. I got asked to go to the Australian Open to run social media for a client and had to say no because I was here. I was in I was in America like this Australian Open, open yeah. you know that's sick that's I a bucket that, list that I booked a, myself yeah. in booked myself in for next year <clears throat> but the issue is with you know one of the minor things is you just never get that significant period of time we finished up the sixth of December and Bathurst twelve hour is the first event on the first what, of February the first if you're of talking, Feb if you're talking like. And then you f- you put in, what, two weeks of festivities from maybe the 22nd to the 1st of January where for family commitments, you know, yeah, see, all so that stuff. For me, we finished the season end of November in Bahrain, end of World Championship. And then we went back to Europe testing. Dubai started early. Dubai 12 hours was early. Was early. I said no to that. Mm. That was the 13th. I, was, I worked the that event. Hour. I worked um, the 24 hours, sorry. Yeah. But even I the worked, golf 12 hours. I worked the golf. December. I worked the golf. Um, in Abu Dhabi. I worked golf. So that's that was the last of my season. I ran socials from Australia, just like, yeah. you know, graphics and, and yeah, posting so I, videos and stuff. But I, that was my last. That I was the 16th golf, of December. I did golf remotely. Mm. Then, yeah, so that was in December. I spent a few days at home with my family. I went to Singapore with James's family. And then, thankfully, we had to leave early. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Trust me, two weeks with family is a long time. I'm uh, in America for a month with my mum and... Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I love I love her to pieces, but like I've not spent more than six days with my mum since I moved out of home in yeah. 2017. Mate. And like Cause family. Cause family. <laughs> and I love her to pieces, but oh my god, do you not like realise how hard that is to readjust? Yeah. So we hightailed out of there. <laughs> <laughs> We're like oh, crap, we've got to leave tomorrow. We went and did a seat fit, so it was valid, yeah. but we were like, oh, we've got to go. Mm. So we went there, out of Singapore, seat fit, and then we spent some time in Texas with one of our co-drivers, which was like, you know when it's not work, but it is, because yeah. you're still like... You at dinner last night? Yeah, you're still switched on, you're still discussing the season, you're still prepping, mm. you're still... That will be me when the when I'm watching the twelve hour between four p.m. and four a.m. Um, American time, New yeah. York New time. I think it's something like yeah, that. New York like time. That. that will be me watching that when I've got no clients. I mean, my clients are racing. I'm just not working for them because I said no. Yeah. Um, but that will be me. Like I still want to pay attention. You still want to be able to yeah, come back from America know. and have a conversation with people about how they went at the twelve hour and when they shunted it. The six-hour mark, what happened? What wall they hit? Like Shunted. 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 What's wrong with shunted? Nothing. It's just very Australian. It is. Do you know what I love? Shunted is the best you know word in the world. In, a, in Europe, they don't say it, but, like, James <coughs> and I have started it. Shunt. Send it. Send it. <laughs> like, Shunt's my favourite word. You say to, like, a French, like a, like a tossy French person, send it. They're just like, what? So what? You yeah. should. Can you introduce shunt? Shunt to Europe. I have said shunted. Not crash, but introduce shunt instead. It's a. It's an. It's an we incredible. We say accident. Accidente. You had an accident, did you? Yeah. Accident seems like you weed your pants. <laughs> crash and shunt is for a car going into the wall. Shunted it. Are you crying? I <laughs> <laughs> like tears going out of her eyes. I think it's just the cold. It's very cold. I'm also being abused. Oh. Working on the job, working on the while she's podcasting. Working on the pod. But right now it is like negative seven degrees in New York, and we had to walk. It was about a ten minute walk from both of our hotels to get to this pod studio. Negative eight, mate. Negative eight. Keep keep up. Negative eight. That's cold. And like I'm, we're all rugged up, but like you can't do much for your face. So your face just kind of burns. Yeah. And I think I'm getting sick in New York because you go from being like negative eight degrees outside walking the streets to like heating to it being like 25 degrees inside and then back out and back in. And I like woke up this morning with like this niggly sore throat and a headache. And I'm like, oh, New York's you know got me. You know, what's even worse. Having a hot shower. I hopped in the shower this morning and I was like, I don't think I'm going to get out. <laughs> Like, I think I'm just good in here for the day. So nice, hey? Just, can someone, just, like, find a way to charge my phone? I'm like, <laughs> I'll just sit here. Is there, like, a big bar? But I will be oh. staying inside today because to the next... To Hard Rock, then? I'd actually really like to go to Hard Rock, but... Well, let's go to Hard Rock. We'll go to Hard Rock. It's really it's not... on our way. We'll go to Hard Rock Cafe for lunch, and then I'll be Uber Eatsing for dinner because, like, it's negative eight now, and it's midday. I think it's like negative 15 or something tonight. It's like the coldest temperatures they've ever had in New York in like 40 years or something like that. That's what the guy at Prada was telling us. 
He was like, stay inside, guys. Don't go outside. Yeah, he was like, in, don't go out unless you've got a beanie, a hat, thermals. Yeah. And he I was literally told like, us not to go outside. I was literally, because I'm going from here to Dubai yeah. for Asia Le Mans series. I was looking at my, like, Zimmerman <laughs> florally dresses <laughs> and bikinis. I was like, hmm, I don't think I'm leaving the house today. No. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to Asia Le Mans series because mm. it's four races now. That's, is that better? It's well, no, it's four races, but it's Saturday, Sunday, and then the next week, Saturday, right. Sunday. That's good. Where it's a terrible. It used to be like the off-season racing. And they went to Japan and China. They even went to the Bend. Oh, I remember that. Um, that no one went to. Yeah, no one went. No, not no. one person. That's that's the Australian bubble. But what I will say, Bathurst twelve hour. The turnout at Bathurst 12 Hour this weekend, because of Rossi, has been insane. He's actually a really nice guy. Well, I could imagine, but... I saw him sm- smashing a VB at the top of the mountain on socials. <laughs> actually, I have to admit, because, like, obviously Audi have cut their GT program, so a lot of the factory drivers have, like, shuffled into BMW, and it's just... There are actually some really nice people in there. I was kind of surprised. I think a lot of the time I think, like, oh, factory drivers can be really arrogant and up themselves, and yet some of them are, like, my closest friends, Mm. which I think took me a bit by surprise. (laughs) I was like, okay. Yeah. They're all just human. Or just human. Like, I I, I don't know if I'm calling a race car driver human. That's a bit of a stretch. (laughs) I'm going to leave that one alone. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I think, no, I think particularly because in Europe, a lot of the factory drivers are so much more, it's such a higher level of racing. Mm. I'm not, I'm not disregarding supercars or anything like that. Just different. They just sit on different ends of the spectrum. Well, yeah. When you weigh up, like, having a factory team. Mm. It's 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 just entirely different, and I think yeah. I was a bit. I pictured them not being normal people. Like yeah. I, you know, everywhere they go, they go with like bodyguards. Like I didn't picture. Yeah. So I think that took me really by surprise. Yeah, that's cool though. It's good to know that that's just like, just normal. Yeah. You know. All right, all right, and because wait, I need to do three all rights. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> and because we are. In motorsport, and we briefly touched on it earlier, the one way to finish a conversation in any form of motorsport is to say, so Amber, what's your plans for the season? What are my plans for the season? So far confirmed, um, going to do the European Le Mans series with what I am hoping is a championship winning lineup. We've got some very talented factory back drivers. And then doing a little bit of Formula E remotely and, of course, Fanatec GT World Challenge. Asia? Asia Le Mans series, which is the next two weeks. I'll hopefully see you there for a couple of rounds. Yeah, IMSA, which IMSA is the American Championship. Sebring 12-hour, Watkins Glen, Petit Le Mans. How good. Hopefully get a 24 hours of Le Mans entry. Ooh. Ooh. What do they give you if you win Le Mans? If you win overall, ironically, you get a Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> there are some really good race car drivers out there who have lots of Rolexes. Tom has got seven. He's got seven of the exact same watch. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> like, what do you do with seven? What do you do with 
50 handbags, Amber. I take them to racetracks. <laughs> <laughs> That's got us a day. <laughs> so good. So good. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to our New York City live edition of Girls on the Grid. It's been a lot of fun. I actually really enjoy in-person chats. You can just, you know, vibe the room a little bit more, insult people. We need to do this live from Le Mans. Fly me over and get me work at Le Mans and we will do a podcast. We need Priya too. Yeah, let's bring Priya. Priya's a videographer. I'm going to have four videographers at Le Mans. No. One driver. Yes. Okay. It's like we're basically handshaking the deal now. It's fine. Girls on the Grid goes Le Mans. Goes. Okay. It actually works quite well. Yeah, it does. Quality content right there. All right. You heard it here first. Girls on the Grid going to Le Mans in 2024. Thanks Done. for tuning in. Amber, how was your first? Is this your first podcast? No. Oh, ouch. I'm sorry. Ouch. This is my first, like, talking about women in motorsport, though. It's, there's not many of them, so that's a good thing. <laughs> not many podcasts is what I mean. Not many. There's not many of them in motorsport anyway. Mm. There, there's a lot of fighting for, like, yeah, news-based, especially in Australia. I don't know anything about Europe, but, like, news-based podcasts in Australia, there's a... There's a lot, a lot of like historical ones like the V8 Sleuth podcast and then, you know, Parked Up's obviously our favourite. Wonder uh, why. I don't know. They pay me to say it. <laughs> <laughs> they pay me in treats. That's like me. I, I, get, I get paid in Rolexes <laughs> to say that James is a good driver. Before that Amber gets herself into any more trouble <laughs> by saying things, we're going to wrap this podcast up. Thank you so much for joining us. Shout out to P. Richards at home. Um, we miss you. I miss you. We miss Priya. It's 3 a.m. in the morning um, or f- something like that. Four. Four-ish. Four thirty. She did offer to wake, wake up, but we also didn't know how we we're going to do an in-person podcast that's half in-person, half on Zoom. And Priya at 3 a.m., I've seen her once before, and it was because she was drunk and awake. I'm not sure what she'd be like when she's like... Sober and awake. Sober and awake. We could have got her drunk. That should be the next podcast. You too drunk. Episode 50. <laughs> Episode 50, look out. <laughs> We're going to go go-karting at some point. That would be cool. Need to bring a video crew and go go-karting, indoor go-karting. you got to go to um, Sidetracked in Oakley. We can do that. Sidetracked is meant. Yeah, sick. Mainly from like, I'm just thinking from a video point of view, yes. there's lots of good places to film. <laughs> Like, that's the PR brain always 100%. Going, you like, need to look at the content yeah, options. Where, yeah, where are my content options? <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in to this pod, and we will see you next week. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You've just listened to another Network R production. <laughs>